Today's guest has spent much of her lifetime learning how to learn about who she is and how she walks her walk in the world. Hello, everyone. My name is Pamela Brewer, and I am welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. Today's guest I am pleased to introduce to you is Professor Victoria D. Stubbs. She is a professor at the University of Maryland, Baltimore School of Social Work. She is a psychotherapist at Freed Body Works in Washington, D.C., and she is the author of Untangled, a black woman's journey to personal, spiritual, and sexual freedom. Professor Stubbs, welcome to Mind Talk. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start from the beginning. The name of your book is really quite interesting Untangled. What mm-hmm. were some of the things that you were trying to untangle as you created this memoir? Yeah, so. The Untangled really came from a reference that I used in my own therapy session one day. Um, when I was, you know, really going through the process, I the therapist asked me, sort of was doing a visualization with me, and I was describing to him that I felt like I had been, I was describing how, like, you know, like when you go to bed and you're you're sleeping and you sort of wake up or you find yourself tangled up in your sheets or your nightgown or whatever, um, I was like, that's how I feel most of the time. And so in sort of thinking about that and what I was going through, the title came from that, that like getting untangled from all of that. Um, and so the, all of that was really other people's stuff. So my history, my mom's history, just how I had been socialized, lessons that I had learned, um, the thoughts in my head about who I was supposed to be, um, just really getting untangled from all of those messages that were prescribing who I was supposed to be in the world and how I was supposed to move through the world. And, you know, what's interesting as you describe it is that so many people feel tangled up. I mean, they may not necessarily use the the word, but how many of us don't and haven't at some point felt tangled up in something? Right. Often without a sense of really where to go with it, just feeling stuck. There's a poem that you start untangled with, um by the name of should can you tell us a little mm. bit about that poem mm. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that poem actually um it was inspired by several people and i was i haven't written poetry i just have to say i hadn't written poetry in a really long time um it was you know i was an english major in college and writing had always been a part of what i did back in the day um, but, you know, when you get into your professional life, oftentimes that stuff sort of falls to the wayside. And I had just recently started writing again. And should was something that I had actually talked a lot about with an ex-girlfriend because we talked a lot about her use of the word should and how it was really um, a judgment. Um, and I actually, I talked to my students about it a lot. I talked to my clients about it. It's really a judgment on yourself and so or, or somebody else. But when you're constantly saying what you should be doing or what someone else should be doing, there's a meaning usually behind that that means that you're not doing something else, right? That, like, there's an expectation that you should be doing this in order to be whatever, fill in the blank. And I find that that's very limiting. 
And it often allows us to sort of have tunnel vision, if you will, that like, because if things don't go this particular way, then life isn't worth li- life isn't worth living. Things aren't good. This isn't a good relationship. Or, you know, I should be thinner. I should be whatever in order to be happy. And it can really keep us stuck, and it can keep us tangled up in this, you know, the misnomer that in order for us to be, we need to have these different check boxes. That oftentimes, if we haven't really sat down and looked at what what are those check boxes. Is that actually what I want to be? Is that actually who I am? Is that actually what will make me happy? And then why am I putting so much stock on that if that's not actually how I'm feeling currently? And so it really came from sort of sitting with constantly hearing from other people sort of the shoulds and how that was making me feel and how what it was doing to our relationship. And it was just putting a lot of pressure and judgment on something. And we were missing the good that was actually right in front of us. And again, how many people don't have that experience? Um, You talk about, um, early on in Untangled, you talk about the relationship with your mom, which was clearly a significant Mm -hmm. one. But you, you also talk about... Um, and I'm, now I'm going to quote you. Back in the day, there seemed to be an overarching theme that black people don't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about or show our bodies any way that seems sexualized. And you have an interesting understanding of why that was the case. Share that with us. Well, it was the case because it wasn't something that we talked about in our home. Like we just didn't our bodies were sort of, um, at least for me and my understanding, it it just sort of, here's what happens, but there's no connection to why these things happen. There was no explanation. There was no softness around, you know, your body is yours and it can provide you with pleasure. There was no other attachment other than like the function, (laughs) the functionality of the body. Um, and then when you add on to it sort of the the religious aspect, right, of like, you know, reproduction or just, you know, the body being your temple and all of that, it's like there was no conversation that existed outside of that. Um, and it was just a very sort of limited way of sort of seeing yourself and how you, how you were in, how I was in relationship with my body, right, that it was like, you know, when as a woman, when you get your, you know, your menstrual cycle comes, there wasn't a whole, like, you know, you have sort of have this, you know, we read about or we sort of see in the after school specials, like parents who sit down and talk to their children about like, here's what's happening and read this book. And like, we're going to have this conversation, this celebration. And none of those things happen. It was just sort of like, you know, here's what you do about it. Um, and it was just when it, and sort of understanding where that came from, if our elders, if our parents don't have that knowledge, if they're disconnected from their body, then how can they share with us how to be connected with our body? And so again, sort of that sort of tangled up piece is that so I'm now understanding how to be in my body from someone who doesn't know how to be in her body. And And so... Yeah, And you also take it back to sort of the remnants of slavery where uh, women certainly didn't have 
ownership weren't treated as though they had ownership or freedom or choice over their own bodies yeah and if you're if you know with my you know I talk a lot like you said about my mom and her coming up in the south you know the segregated south and being from a really large family where yeah like you like your space wasn't your own I remember even just sort of seeing the house that she grew up in and it was tiny tiny house with you know knowing that there were all these people growing up in that house and like your space isn't your own your time isn't your own right like your body isn't necessarily your own you know whether it's you know even from slavery through just growing up in a space where men you know feel like they can do what they want whenever they want to your body right and that's a lot of what we're talking about now with the Me Too movement and everyone sort of sharing their story and sort of taking, you know, having autonomy and taking control over the narrative, over their body, you know, when you grow up in a space where you're watching other people being violated, you know, at the will of men, right, you don't have a sense that your body is your own. And so you shut down. And so when you shut down, then you're disconnected from who you actually are, like your body, what, what you write, you have to turn that off because you're protecting yourself. And so again, that then translates into how do you then teach the next generation, your child or whomever, you know, what it means to fully be a woman because your understanding of what it means to be a woman is that you're not safe. Absolutely. Professor Victoria Stubbs, professor at University of Maryland Baltimore School of Social Work, and for today's purpose, the author of Untangled, A Black Woman's Journey to Personal, Spiritual, and Sexual Freedom. We're going to take a break. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Professor Stubbs, there's so much wisdom, I think, that you bring to the reader, um, maybe even the person who experiences your memoir. But I'm going to leave that to them to figure out. And I'm going to sort of jump forward in your story to uh, a time in your life when you were married. And you describe it as 10 years of marriage to a man restless and unfulfilled. In in a nutshell, if that's possible, can you say a little bit more about that? Ten years, ten minutes is a long time to feel restless <laughs> and unfulfilled. So ten years, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it wasn't, I can't say that it was the whole ten years of being restless and unfulfilled, but there was definitely a point, because um, we were actually together for 14 years um, and married for ten. Um, but so much was going on in the early part where I was in graduate school, right? We were just sort of, you know, young adults trying to de- figure out and develop a life. And when once I had the degrees, I had the car, we had the house, we had the dog, um, you know, then it was sort of like, all right, well, what's next? And then that's when it sort of became 
this sort of struggle to create the what's next. Um, and when you, again, it sort of goes back to these are the things that you should be doing when you're married and you have this image of this is what every, how everything is supposed to fall into place. And when you decide, okay, we're going to, now we're going to have children. And it's ironic because I spent all that time growing up thinking that like I was just going to get pregnant. And then when I actually was trying to get pregnant, it didn't happen. (laughs) And so it was like, if I had known it was going to take this long, um, and so sort of dealing with the challenges that come with, you know, when things don't fall into place the way you want them to, um, and sort of feeling that's when the restlessness came and sort of feeling stagnant and stuck that like, this is not the life that I had envisioned for myself, even though I wasn't, it wasn't a fully drawn out picture, but this doesn't feel like the life that I thought I was going to have that I actually wanted. Um, even though I loved him and we really got along and we're still good friends, but the the togetherness just wasn't working. And it was when I really stopped to look at, okay, why is this, right? There was just a lot that I didn't know about what it means to be compatible, like fully compatible with someone. Um, and I think sometimes we find ourselves or I found myself in a situation where, um, I thought I was compatible because everything's sort of lined up with what I thought it meant to be in a happy marriage. Um, you know, and actually a, a best friend of mine who has since passed away told me when I was, you know, on the tail end that she said to me, she was like, you know, she was like, you always wanted security. And I was like, really? Like I said that? And she said, yeah. She was like, you always wanted, like you were looking for security. And again, sort of the mindset around what does it mean to be married and happy and like what am I looking for was something that was really something that was outside of myself. It was this person can provide this for me. This person can provide me with security because that's not what I saw at home, right? It's not what I had growing up. And so now I'm in a situation where I have some remnants of security, but that still wasn't enough. Like that wasn't it. And so that's really where it became the sort of struggle of like, how do I live the life that I want to live? Can I do it within my marriage? And what does that take? And so that's when we started going to couples counseling and talking and just really exploring how do we, you know, redesign what we have so that we can live a better life together. And in fact, you did attempt a redesign at your marital relationship. What was that like for you? And what was that redesign? Yeah, so the redesign was us opening up our our relationship. Um, And so during that process, when I realized, one, a lot of the triggers that I was starting to experience, because that's the other thing, we we compartmentalized. Like I had compartmentalized a lot of things um, from my childhood that I just felt like that wasn't an issue but then the triggers, he was actually triggering me. Like there were things that he was doing and saying that this was reminding me of old stuff and I had to clean that up. I had to work on that. Um, and in working on that, I had to revisit who I was, my sexual identity. And so, and talking to him about that because we had, I had always been open with him out there early on. I had just sort of put it on the shelf. And so I had the conversation with him again and he was the one who said, well, why don't we, you know, open it up so that you can explore? 
because he said, you know, like, I want you to be happy. And if this is really who you are, like, let's, let's figure it out. Let's do that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like, but we'll, we'll figure it out together. And so we did. And so we got books and I did my research and created lists and we had little meetings to talk about what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And yeah, so for a period of time, we had an open relationship, and it really brought us closer together um, because it really forced us to communicate much more. Um, I was able to start to to be more of myself and then, like, share that with him, and so he was able to see that, and he was then able to think about and explore more of who he was as it related to love and just things that we wanted to do together and it also started to force him to take a, a harder look at himself and how he was showing up in the relationship. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of people often scoff at, you know, relation, open relationships because they really don't understand, you know, what it's about. And there's different ways that people can configure that. There's non-monogamy, there's polyamory, right? There's just different ways that people, it's not always just about, oh, you're going off and having sex with a bunch of random people. That wasn't it at all. Um, we were very strategic and we were very um, open and honest about what, who we were with, why we were with them, um, and sort of what we were looking for. Um, and it really was a great experience for, for me, obviously, because I was really trying to, to figure out, you know, my, my identity. Um, but for us, like I said, it just, it really brought us closer together and allowed us to have really difficult conversations. You know, there are, as you said earlier in our conversation and certainly in Untangled, there are so many stops, if you will, or holes on having conversations about sex and sexuality. And there are so many shoulds, particularly um, for many people growing up in a black community or or indeed many communities of color. So Mm -hmm. the idea that you are now talking about and experiencing yourself as someone Mm -hmm. who was black and female, and yes, you had a relationship with a man, but you also were seriously considering and enjoying a relationship with a woman. What's your sense? What can you say to people who are listening today about being in that place, particularly people of color who don't often feel that they have as many resources or options to talk about who they believe they are, particularly when it comes to sex and sexuality? Yeah, and that really, um, Dr. Brewer, that really is why I wrote the book, um, because I often when I would share and as I would meet people and I would sort of, you know, mention that I have been married and now I'm, you know, with women and I came out while I was married, I often got asked the questions, how did that work? And so that's really why I wrote the book was because I really, and I, and even with the clients that I'm, I see today, like we still as black women struggle with that um, because we don't see ourselves represented as the ones that have options. And, you know, even through the, the journey that I was going through, like I talk about the book, like I just didn't see myself in these different spaces um, every now and again. Uh, and it was always exciting. And so I really wrote the book because I wanted folks to know that there are options and we are out there. We are creating lives for ourselves that may not always look like the ones that our parents or our grandparents had. 
and that that's okay and that there are also people who can help to help us think through and to you know validate and normalize our experiences um you know, and I talk to my clients about the intention. And so I always say to clients that come to me and they say, well, I'm interested in or we're interested in having an open relationship. And I say, well, what's your intention? Why are you doing it? Um, because it's not about I'm doing this to save my relationship. Because as I say, that if there are cracks already in the, in the foundation, this is just going to shine a spotlight on that. And so are you ready? Do you have the kind of structure that can handle all that comes with entering into a different kind of lifestyle. Um, it's possible. Um, there's there's plenty of you know books out there just about literally how to go about doing that. There are groups that you can join. Um, but again, the reason why I wrote the book was because it's as a black woman, we just don't know that there are other black people who are creating their relationships the way that work for them, and we're not just modeling off of you know, whatever we see our parents, our grandparents, or maybe we don't even see our parents, our grandparents. We see it on television or Instagram or whatever. But we then have to look at what is it that works for me? And what is it that works for us if we're in relationship? Um, And so how do I configure that so that I'm meeting my deeper need and not just a superficial need. Um, And so it really is about options and knowing that we have options, but we have to sit with ourselves to figure out what is it that we're, how, what is it that we actually need and want Then what would be fulfilling for ourselves? And what are we missing when we're striving for something that's outside of us? So what are we missing when we're striving for the shoulds versus what is? Right. Right. I have to believe that there are so many people listening whose really eyes and hearts are being opened up to what you're saying, particularly persons of color, particularly black women, just to know that there is a black female therapist, quite frankly, who is skilled and open and able and welcoming to have these kinds of conversations. Um, where where do you do your work? Where is your practice? Yeah, so our practice is, a, is in Washington, D.C. at Free Body Works. Um, and yeah, and I went into practice um, really for this purpose. I really wanted to work with um, women, particularly women of color, but just women in general who were struggling um, with their sexual identity because sometimes, you know, like because it took me, I went through my journey, I, we sometimes forget that once we've sort of gotten to a place of contentment, we forget that there are other people who are still struggling. And so I wanted to create a space for women to know that, like I said, there are options, it's possible, and to have a space to talk it through. Because I met with so many therapists myself, um, and a lot of them didn't understand, you know, the, the journey, the coming out process. They didn't understand... Um, polyamory or non-monogamy and there was a lot of judgment on it and so you know to have a space you know my practice is really about exploring all of that and helping women to um, deal with all the emotion and that comes with going through this process particularly when it's later in life. Professor Stubbs, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will continue. Folks, my name is Pamela Brewer. You're listening to Mind Talk. We'll be back in just 
a moment. Professor Stubbs, you know, there's so much more um, in Untangled that you touch on and explore, but I I really want to ask you a little bit more about the coming out process. So many people, as I know you know, so many people, particularly persons of color, if and when they do decide to come out, and many still are quite hidden, um, Talk about, if in, in, in just a couple of minutes that we have left, if you can, a little bit about what your experience was. Um, right. Was it yeah, simple? I, I, was it easy? Was it horrible? What was your experience? Yeah, it, was a, it was a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, because I was in my 30s, um, it was easy from the standpoint of, you know, I wasn't you know, worried about being kicked out of my house, you know, like my parents kicking me out or anything like that. Um, but I did have to deal with the sort of, you know, the side eye and the question of like, well, how did it, why, why now and not when I was in college? Like, isn't that the time when you actually do it? Um, and so there was, you know, some explaining that I had to do of like, and, and particularly to my husband, um, you know, who felt like, you know, was this a lie and sort of, really having to come to terms with the fact that I had been lying to myself. And so for a lot of women who are coming out later in life, that's, that's the struggle. And when I say later in life, I mean outside of the normal developmental stages. So like, you know, in your mid twenties and up. And so it's usually the hard part is feeling guilty about either having been married or being with someone for a long period of time. And now, you know, moving on to something else and do you do you let that life go you know to pursue your happiness or do you stay because you feel guilty that you know you've married somebody or you've been dating somebody so that was the that was the biggest piece of you know stepping out into something new at a time when people are settling down um and so it was difficult and yet it was freeing for people listening, um, I'm going to ask you just to share with folks where they can get more information about your book, Untangled, about your practice, and just kind of connect if, if that's something that feels like they need to do. How do they do that? Sure. The best place is on Facebook. Um, they can follow me at Victoria D. Stubbs on Facebook. Um, they can also email me um, at Victoria at Victoria Stubbs. Okay. And they will find out information about Untangled, a black woman's journey to personal, spiritual, and sexual freedom as well. Absolutely. Thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us today, Victoria. Your The book that you have written and the honesty, I think, and the clarity with which you have written is really going to be, I think, an eye-opener and a sense of comfort for so many people. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Brewer. And folks, thank you for joining us on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work you may choose to do with a medical, mental health, or other professional. Mind Talk is available to you on demand by going to my. N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And remember to go to the homepage and sign up for the free weekly giveaway. If you've heard someone who has written a book, you may be the person who gets a free copy of that book. So again, M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications. And folks, remember always, if it's unacceptable, then it's unacceptable. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.